Everybody and welcome back to the weakest link. Or okay, sorry, uh, wrong, wrong, wrong opening. Uh, welcome back to the choir room. Uh, is actually where we are here today, but we are here to talk about a uh, a show that I already just mentioned, the weakest link. That is, uh, uh, some of you have been asking for this, and and even if you haven't been, I think that uh, both of us here are uh, excited to get into it. A show that we have loved for both of our lives, and of course, by both I mean it is myself. My name is Matt, and my co-host Aman. Well, hello everyone. Hello, how art thou? Feeling, uh, feeling weak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope not, because. <laughs> I would gladly vote you off first. Oh, yeah. No surprise there. No surprise there. Uh, Weakest Link. This is uh, not where I expected us to be after finishing up the Glee podcast, but I think it makes sense. I I think, uh, you know, there's a reason that this kind of felt like a natural fit from both listeners' suggestions and both of like us just being like, should we do this? Yeah, why not? Uh, The Weakest Link is a show that is, uh, of course, from... Uh, not a long time ago. I think it uh, debuted in 2001. Uh, it was primarily like a UK show, and then they brought it over to the US. Of course, back then, it was hosted by the fabulous Anne Robinson, and yes. now it's back, on. It's back, but with a whole new host. Yes, it is back with Jane Lynch, who plays our very own Sue Sylvester on Glee. I was super excited to hear that she would be um, a part of this because... I've been such a fan of the show for such a long time. And obviously, Anne Robinson has left a mark on the franchise with all of her snark. And of course, Jane Lynch would be the perfect person to replace her with. So I was super excited when I heard that they'd be re- reprising it. Because I'd heard about it like a few months back before they began airing. And I was like, oh my god! And then I forgot about it. And then I started seeing commercials. And I was like, oh my god! Because Link is back! Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really excited. Yeah, uh, definitely love this show a whole lot. I, I know that I think I touched on this at one podcast or another, but we do so many, so who could remember when that was? Uh, Weakest Link was my first ever podcast. Uh, the first time I ever got behind a microphone, uh, I did a recap of the Survivor episode of The Weakest Link, uh, which was from you know the Survivor Borneo cast, which was however many years ago. And uh, Jordan Parhar was uh, trying to be a good friend to me at the time, and he was like, I think I, I, think I had pitched it to him. I was like, well, why don't we talk about this sometime? And he was like, uh, I had I had a podcast coming up with Rob that was, I think, previewing the Game Changers cast. And I had never done it before. I was nervous. And Jordan was like, oh, why don't we just do this? We'll get, we'll get it, you know, get the, the wheels turned in, get things flowing. I was like, OK, uh, why not? We'll, we'll see how this goes. And uh, next thing you know, I uh, have now done many podcasts. So The Weakest Link is where it all started. And uh, I'm a big fan of the show. I, I'm still enjoying it to this day. I'm a super big fan of the show. I um I remember watching it as a little kid um, and being just utterly enraptured by it. I think that what drew me most was just like the cool and very sleek nature of the set. Everything seemed so futuristic back in the 2000s to me. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, I just really loved it. It was sort of like, I, I've seen someone describe it and this is very elusive, very loose description, but I, you know, I, I've, knew exactly what they were going for, but they described it as who wants to be a millionaire mixed up with like Survivor um, because there is an elimination aspect to the to the game. And I've always been a fan of elimination style reality TV. So the quick wittedness of Anne Robinson matched with the quick pace of the game, which is it's just kind of tantalizing. You, it sort of like forces you to pay attention. And as a kid, like how old was I in 2001? Like five, six, seven. So like I didn't really have a lot of trivia knowledge back then. But I remember being super duper proud of myself when I did know the answer to something. And I think there's like a bit of an addictive nature to that. It's like, well, maybe I'll know the next one. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'll know the next one. Maybe I'll know the next (laughs) one. Um, So it's very, very easy to follow along and play along with the rest of the contestants. And uh, yeah, I've just been in love with it for a long time. I remember remember, like hosting my own Weakest Link uh, games with like my cousins whenever I would go 
over for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or whatever, I would come up with a list of questions. Um, some of them that I think would be pretty easy. Some of them that I knew would be hard, like whether it be math questions, reading questions, all the stuff that like a eight, nine, ten year old would know. And my cousins would indulge me each and every time, even though they didn't. That was the last thing that they wanted to do. But I loved it so much. I loved I loved playing the weakest link. It was so fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting format for a game, like you said. Uh, the way that it combines, you know, like regular game show with voting people off, it's definitely, you know, I think the uh, concept that hooks people like us who are into uh, reality shows where people get voted off. So yeah, it definitely uh, makes sense that we were both big fans of this show. Um, and as far as the questions go, yeah, I, I remember uh, back when we first were talking about this on Twitter, uh, we got a DM or not a DM, a uh, a mention from Taylor Cotter, uh, who was asking us like, are these questions or is this is this show becoming like the easiest game show to ever do well on or, or, or something like that. And I mean, as I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, it, it, I don't think I'm getting any smarter. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. These questions are just very simple. No, you uh, definitely you know, people... are. I mean, the longer that you live, the more trivial knowledge you, you gain. Okay. So... A E I O U and sometimes blank. <laughs> I could have answered that when I was five. Sure. I mean, there were answers that I would have known when I was seven. Like I just said, there was definitely some, it would happen from time to time. But if I, I'm trying to think, if I were 10 years old right now, would I know uh, the answer to some of the, like, I can't think of any of them right now at the top of my head. But like, I mean, one, okay, one that I think of right now is like the picture of the, of that building in Moscow. Like, would I know at like 10 years old that that was in Moscow? I don't know. 50-50 chance, you know? So I, yeah. I mean, I wasn't really learning European history or European architecture at 10 years old. So I might have thought that it looked familiar, but I don't know what I've, if I would have no, known that at 10. So I definitely think that the order you get, the more easier it does become. But the strategy behind, you know, staying in the game is also another thing that I think hasn't really gotten either either harder or easier. I think it's kind of kept pace with the game as time has gone on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they have definitely kept the same format of the show as far as, you know, the the way that the money goes up and the, pri uh, the not the prizes, the money goes up and then the eliminations work. Um, uh, do you want to actually just uh, in case anybody's like listening to this and not watching the show, if anybody has never watched the show before, uh, should we give a rundown of the format of each round and whatnot? Sure. So the weakest link Um it's a game show. <laughs> you start off with, I mean, it varies. Sometimes there's six contestants. Sometimes there's eight. I think I think there's even been like at least 11 or 12 at one point. Um, but, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, it was used to be a bunch of people on that stage. Um, but um, yeah, so the host will ask the contestants a series of trivia questions um, all in a row. Um, the way that you win money is by answering the questions correctly. So there's a chain that gets created with each correct answer. Depending on the number of contestants that you start the game off with, that's the, uh, the length of the chain in which you must complete with consecutive correct answers in order to get the target amount of money per round. Um, so for this particular iteration, um, you can win up to a million dollars playing the weakest link. So I think the first round is around uh, 250000 or it's 100000 and then it's... And then it's two hundred fifty thousand. Then it's five hundred thousand. And then it's whatever. Yeah. So it's the the t yeah. So in the first round, the most that you can win uh, by getting a, a chain of eight correct answers is twenty five thousand. Gotcha. It goes up to then fifty thousand, seventy five thousand in round three, hundred thousand in round four, two hundred and fifty thousand in round five, and then uh, five hundred thousand in round six. Gotcha. So if you you know have had created a successful chain throughout all six rounds and gotten to that maximum amount, then yes, you could walk away with a hundred thousand. I'm sorry, with a million dollars by the uh, by the time all is said and done. But of course, uh, the the way that the game ends up playing out half the time is that people get a little nervous. If you don't think that you're going to get the next question right, of course you're going to bank the money that people have already earned ahead of you and you know try to start a chain again because if you don't answer that question correctly then you're going to lose the money for everybody and even if you get your question right uh you know or sorry if you get your question wrong uh after there's already been a chain created then people are not going to be very happy with you when the round ends and it's time to vote so uh you know well, somebody starts uh, buzzing, you know, getting a question right, $1,000, $2,000 up, $3,000 up. Uh, next thing you know, it's down to the 4000 and you don't bank it, and then you get a question wrong. It's like, well, there goes all that money. So it's uh, a very interesting format. I really, I really do enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have been trying to figure out, like, what's the best strategy for winning the most money on the show. And 
it really just depends on the players that you're with. If you have a team that is fairly accurate with their answers, then you could do well if you are conservative with your banks. But if you have a team that is not good with their answers, then you could probably still get a bunch of money, but you have to be smarter about when you choose to bank. And the banking system, for Mm -hmm. those that don't know, I'm sure most of you that are listening already know what this game is all about. That's why you're listening in the first place. But the banking works by saying the word bank and now you have to actually press a button whereas in the old days you could just say bank and that would that would bank the money and all the money that had been accumulated up until that point before your question is asked gets put into the bank so if you like matt said if you think you're going to get it wrong you could bank it or if you're confident that you're going to get it right but you just want to bank that money you could still bank it um and just keep the chain going because at the end of each round there is going to be a strongest or a weakest link and the strongest link is determined by the number of correct answers that you get and also the number the amount of money that you bank so if you and sally both got three correct answers in the round but sally was the one that banked three thousand dollars then she would be the strongest link contributing the most amount of money to the team the weakest link of course is the person that uh, answers the most incorrect answers, and if there is in in the event that there you tie with the most incorrect answers, then I believe it's whoever takes the most amount of time and loses the most amount of money um, upon the incorrect answer is the the weakest link. So at the end of each round, the contestants will come together um, after a series of insults spewed by either Ann Robinson or Jane Lynch in this, in this instance. Um, and they will come together and vote out who they believe is the weakest link. So here's where the strategy comes in, because sometimes in the beginning of the game, yeah, it's probably a good idea if you get rid of the weakest link because you want to get the most money as possible, and they're a detriment to that. But towards the end of the game, if there is someone that has been getting a lot of correct answers and you're a little afraid to go against them in the end game, then maybe it's a good time to take a shot at that. So sometimes, you know, the timing of whether or not to take the shot varies amongst players. Sometimes players like to take the shot a little earlier. Sometimes they like to wait it out a bit. Um, and that's what makes the game so, I think, hard to win in a lot of, or at least hard to get a bunch of money in a lot of instances because not only do you have to worry about people voting you off for getting incorrect answers, but you also have to worry about people voting you off for getting correct answers. And so we've mm-hmm. seen some players actually dumb themselves down in the beginning because they don't want to be seen as a threat and then by the time the end game rolls around they start banking all this money and then it's too late to take them out so there's a lot of people with different motivations throughout the game which makes it very very hard to come together as a team i think the easiest round of course to get the most money is round one but there are still people that fuck it up in the end which can be very frustrating i think there's been very very few shows where they've actually gotten a perfect round off the bat oh sure Um, but yeah, yeah that's the game yeah, um, and the yeah the strategies that people use, I, I certainly do not remember this part of it uh, from when I used to watch it as a, as a younger person, uh, have, seeing if people were going to end up playing like that, where, yeah, let me just be a little bit dumber in the early part of the game so I'm not much of a threat, like, you know, try to maybe get one question right or just not be the worst person out here, uh, you know, that people are going to want to get rid of first, but you want to show your team that you're not, you know, a complete waste of time uh, to, to, you know, be on board for the next couple of rounds, but... Uh, uh, it's been really interesting to track a couple of these people and their strategies. The people that come out of the gate hot, uh, sometimes like you watch those people and it's like, you better stay hot all throughout. Otherwise, when they sense a moment of weakness, they're going to get rid of you so they don't have to face you at the end. Uh, sometimes they make it to the end, sometimes they don't. And, uh, you know, we have these three episodes here that we're going to talk about to uh, to talk about, uh, you know, just how a couple of these people did. Uh, for, for today, uh, we're, we're going to kind of touch on all three of the first three episodes um, a little briefly. But if we continue, you know, moving on and recapping these episodes, there's going to be only 13. So I don't know if they're going to keep doubling up, uh, you know, one or two a week. Uh, the the first week they just did the one episode and then this week they did an episode on Tuesday and Wednesday. So we'll see how it goes as far as covering the show goes. But, you know, once we have more time to, like, dissect an individual episode, uh, maybe we'll go more deep into, like, some of the specific questions and uh, Jane's jokes as she goes on. Because they, they've been, uh, you know, hit or miss. There's been a couple that I'm like, eh. Yeah, but they do so many. I mean, right? They, she tries to pack like I feel three like jokes. She does, into, she's done a lot more than Anne. Yeah, yeah. It's like maybe because they only have these thirteen episodes and they don't know that they're going to get renewed or anything by any means. Like you know, I'm sure they're hopeful uh, for it, but uh, the writers are just coming up with so many of them, and uh, they're just packing them in every chance they get. Yeah, a lot. They've they, they've 
definitely a lot more than I remember. I feel like, I mean, the, the thing about the weakest link host is that you really have to be good with banter and with comedic timing. Obviously, there's probably a team of writers that have assisted both Anne and Jane. And the used to be a white guy that hosted the show in like the late 2000s, yeah. too. I forget his name. George Gray. Okay, that sounds familiar. Yeah, um, yeah, but I think I think I haven't I haven't read any reviews on the uh, the reprise of of uh, the weakest thing, so I don't really know how people are receiving Jane Lynch. I like her. I think I'm probably a little bit biased because of the fact that I spent so like for the past decade watching her on Glee. But at the same time, I think that I can still admit that I think that Anne Robinson is a bit better with the banter with the guests. Jane Lynch definitely has her shining moments. Definitely, I still find her very entertaining. But I think that there was a bit of a of a snark and a bit of a charisma that Anne had that's a bit irreplaceable. Um, and obviously, I don't think that Jane is tra- that Jane is trying to create like a carbon copy of her performance because there's definitely a bit of Jane in there. Right. But um, I just thought that that was an interesting comparison on my end. Yeah, we we definitely uh, should also you know spend a little bit of time here talking about Jane Lynch because that's kind of the re- uh, the majority of the reason that I would say we uh, you know are truly covering this. I think if uh, this was just anybody else talking about the show or I'm sorry hosting the show, I'm sure we would be watching it. But I don't know if it would make the most sense to be podcasting it here on this Glee podcast network that we've created. But of course, yeah, we've just spent so much time with Jane Lynch over these past six months uh, watching Sue Sylvester uh, be a menace to the halls of McKinley High School and terrorize every around her mm-hmm. and uh that's you know it's been uh quite a ride to revisit all of that and uh go through everything on on that end and now we're seeing uh the real jane lynch here and you know she's she's a comedian she is uh she's built for a role like this i would say when i found out that it was going to be her i was like that makes too much sense mm-hmm. uh, I, i'm sure that there could have been other options out there and um i mean i can't think of any off the top of my head just because i'm like i don't know uh I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because Jane Lynch made so much sense. I was like, of course they would tap her to uh, to come in here and do this if, if she was available. Which I mean, who isn't available in uh, 2020 to to do some work? So yeah, I've, I've I would say through uh, the three episodes, I'm definitely enjoying her. I know it's uh you know it's it's tough to uh, replace Anne Robinson. She was particularly like perfect for the show i mean uh, you know she did yeah. kind of create the, the the job she created that spot uh it the was archetype. all her yeah. it would be like right it would be like if somebody tried to you know replace like actually no that's uh let me not even say that i was gonna be like if tried to replace like ryan seacrest now anybody could do ryan seacrest job um this is a, a more particular role of like uh like this was created around ann robinson but jane lynch definitely fits in i think as best as i really could have asked for so that's my thought yeah, I, I I agree. It's it's hard to replace her, but Jane Lynch definitely does a great job at it. And of course, we have to cover it because Jane Lynch. I'm just waiting at this point because we know that in the olden days, um, the Weakest Link would have special episodes with celebrity guests. So I'm hoping that we get an episode where Jane Lynch comes out in tracksuit in the cast of Glee, or those that oh, are willing to dude. participate come together and play and ep- like you can get eight contestants from the cast of Glee to come onto this set and play around with the weakest link for charity. I think that would be just so much fun because I mean Sue Sylvester hosting the weakest link, come on. Come on. <laughs> like, I would personally not get my hopes up if I were you or if I were anybody. I, I don't do not see it happening. I think we would have heard about it by now that, that it had been filmed. Uh, it would have been a lot of fun. Certainly would have been a lot of fun. I'm sure you could get, uh, you know, Kevin and Jenna and Becca and Heather, uh, whoever else to uh, to head down there. Alex Newell and I don't know, um, but I don't know. It's uh, maybe maybe someday if there's a season two, they can get that in the works. Um, and uh, one more question before we actually get into the episodes that I wanted to ask: Do you do you think there's ever going to be a round where Jane Lynch as host is going to look at them and and not say? how despicable of a round it was for them. Like, what do you think the amount of of money it would be for them to bank for her to say, oh, that was They'd actually pretty good? They have to reach the target. You have to reach the target. Like, there have been, and even then, even when there were uh, rounds when they would reach the target, Anne Robinson would still, like, give them grief. People were like, oh, lucky you guys. You did it. You proved you're not a bunch of dumbasses. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can just never, you can never uh, make them happy. Yeah, I'm looking at the money accumulated from these first three games that we saw. Uh, in the first one, we saw the uh, the winner walk home with sixty two thousand five hundred dollars. 
In the second game, uh, they only were able to get $51,000. And uh, I say only as if that's you know something to turn your nose up at. Uh, and then in episode three, they got $69,000. He he he. $69,000 in that episode. So out of a possible $1 million, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I guess it's going to be easy to make those jokes because it's very unlikely that anyone's ever going to get up towards that $1 million available amount. But uh, definitely, like, these people walking away with $69,000, like, that is what uh, what they got for being in the Big Brother house this season, plus what maybe they're getting for jury, plus, like, I mean, that's no, you know, that's that's money. That's good money. <laughs> Apparently, um, Jane Lynch has has admitted that she channels Glee's Sue Sylvester for the weakest link. So I guess we could we could have guessed that, but it's nice to hear the confirmation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it uh, it's it's that same type of energy. Um, I don't know if there's anything else specific. I mean, we'll just kind of talk about things as we go. Um, we we see the first game is, uh, of course, uh, eight new players. I wonder if they felt a lot of pressure if they knew that they were going to be the debut episode. Um, I'm basically like pulling up pictures of these people to remind me. I watched it like a, f- a few days ago to try to keep it all together. Um, talking about the contestants specifically, or not these specific eight players. Uh, do you have any thoughts as to uh, the way that they might cast this show? Do you think there's any Anybody that they might throw onto the uh, onto the stage here that they might know won't be very good, but that's part of the charm. Like you want to get that person that cannot answer any questions. Um, I don't know. I'm not really sure how the casting works. Um, because I I think that I'd heard at some point that they give them all like lists to study, like random facts to know. Um, but yeah, I don't know if they are. I feel I feel like. It's a business, and they don't want to have to be shelling out a million dollars every episode because that would get pretty costly. So I would imagine that they do cast some people that they know aren't going to know everything just to keep the um, the average down. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know that for sure. But it's an interesting question. Sometimes, like there, there will be like the model that's up there, and Jane, you know, when the model goes out, will like she'll be like, oh, of course you're not gonna do well in this game. Uh, what do you do for a living? And then they'll be like, oh, I'm a, I'm an Uber driver, and she's like, okay, that that well, yeah, they that, definitely you know, cast. All you need to know. They definitely cast for occupations so that they can make as many occupational jokes as they can. But another thing that mm-hmm. uh, Jane Lynch has said at the beginning of the episode is that trivia is the great equalizer. And I believe I never really thought about it that way, but I guess it really is because it's really not about intelligence. It's just what do you know? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. people can know a lot of things without being super duper smart or super duper dumb. For th- For the first episode, I have written down Ben Hancock. Do we remember what that question was? It was something about... Who had the biggest signature, I think, in the Declaration of Independence? Maybe. Maybe was that it? That sounds familiar, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, the answer ben, was Ben, ben Hancock. Hancock. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just my, my notes are so scattered, but it's I, I tried to remind myself of uh, like what funny things from the episode were. Uh, the first episode, we did end up seeing Angel took the win there, uh, 4-3 at the very end over Jay. Um, the way that, we, if I don't know if we mentioned this part, when you get to the end and you're into the final round, after everybody's been voted off except for the final two players, you just go back, to, uh, you know, head-to-head in a uh, pretty much just a basic trivia contest. Uh, whoever answers either five questions or whoever answers the most questions by the end of uh, both of you being asked five questions each is the winner or what would it be? I guess if both answered all five questions correctly, whoever answered sudden them quicker, death. sudden death. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's that, that sounds familiar. We haven't seen that yet, but uh, angel's going to take the victory over Jay in the first game. Um, I'm not sure that there were too many standouts from the first one to me. I think um, I remember more so about stuff from the second and third episode, uh, I do have a memory of uh, of Danny. Uh, he went out pretty early in the game, or, or not early, kind of in the middle. He was the uh, the singing waiter, I want to say, and yes. uh, he made a joke on his way out. He was like, "Up, oh, I've been served." And Jane's like, "I do the jokes around here." <laughs> I feel like there's a fair amount of like banter between the guests as they're walking. Like, if someone is doing the walk of shame, there's so much like commentary from the contestants, and I don't remember that being the case. Um, back in the old in the olden days. Yeah, and I'm glad that they kept the confessional. Of course, that that confessional right after the person leaves, where they bitterly talk through the decision that was just made against them. Um, though the the ability for the show, to, like this, could never be a live show because it has to be like you know 
I'm sure that there's like a million different takes and cuts and things that people say that they want to keep some in, want to keep some out. Uh, so the way that they're able to perfectly ed- edit it all together to just be a continuous stream of uh, keeping the jokes alive and keeping, you know, the storylines going rather. I'm sure like this filming day probably takes like three hours or four hours and it you know gets edited down to this 45 minute uh, episode. But that's, you know. That's show business. Um, but yeah, I, I the the walkout is funny. I think the confessionals have been good so far. Um, so I think on that aspect of things, I think they're doing a good job. So uh, speaking of live, here? do we think that there's a live audience there? Or do we think that it's like a recording of a live audience? Like, because we don't see bodies. There could, there could be in the future, but I want to say that they've been shooting this during 2020. So I don't believe so. Yeah. Um, I don't remember why I picked up on something that she might have said that implied that or, oh no, no 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 yes because one of the questions was something about uh that something happened in june or july 2020 and i was like okay so this obviously has been filmed after that so it was been filmed in the last couple months yeah it got announced that she'd be the host of the show in july so i'd have, have okay. to imagine that they started recording shortly afterwards mm-hmm. right so yeah definitely no uh no audience for uh the time being but if they have spots for an audience i can definitely see that being worked back in if they you know get renewed and uh you know life ever goes back to normal one day in the future the distant future uh but so the, yeah uh episode one we uh we did get drama in episode one there was you know the vote flip situation that was uh i think uh two of them had got had tied for a uh, to be like, you know, when, when they start to bring in the, uh, sorry, when they start to have the votes come in and then uh, I think somebody like flipped their vote and they sent out, uh, Rihanna in that round. The strongest link was Danny. No, I'm sorry. I, I'm reading the chart at the same time. The strongest link was Rihanna and she eliminated Ashley. That's what's going on. So I, the point is there's uh <laughs> drama going on every time that, uh, we get to the end of the round. I just don't remember any of this from the first time that I watched the show. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely been like quite a few ties in the past three episodes um, that have resulted in the strongest link having to flip. But yeah, I definitely remember back in the early 2000s when they played it, the votes were usually a little bit more straightforward and tie votes were a rarity. But it seems like the players are a little bit more strategic in trying to take and there, there are some players that are strategic and there are some players that are very vindictive this time around where it's like, oh, well, you voted for me last time, so I'm going to vote for you this time. Right. Um, and I'm like, wow, like. Really? Because <laughs> do you think anybody else is going to vote for this person? Like, I think you're going to be the only person, and that's happened quite a few times already. So it's it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, these vote counts are like uh, are, are more exciting than some episodes of Survivor. It's like a two two one one vote in round three of uh, of the Weakest Link episode one. Uh, you know, sometimes you get a straightforward vote. Like the the rounds following this the uh, round three in episode one, there was a four to one vote, a three to one vote, a two to one vote. Uh, and then we ended up, like I said, with that Angel J uh, final two. Uh, J J I think was the highlight for me of that first episode. Uh, yeah, he, he was. was uh, they they cut to, they cut to him for reactions a lot. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of uh, weird stuff was happening, especially with the Klingon com- commentary. <laughs> I don't remember what his occupation was, but um, he was. Uh, He's a bodyguard he was... for somebody, some celebrity. That sounds familiar. Rihanna Rihanna was the college student. I don't remember. Do you remember what uh, Angel was? The guy I who won that one? I do not remember what Angel was, no. It was, uh, <laughs> this was the, the longest episode back that we watched. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll get more uh, details of this all when we're doing like only one episode at a time. But um, I did enjoy the first one. I really have a whole lot of notes about that. It was, uh, it was a good start, I, I thought. So, Yeah, I'm a big fan of the set. Everything was a little bit more digital now. They can display uh, pictures on the podium and stuff like that. Once again, there's a button, which I'm not really sure if I'm a fan of the button quite so much, but um, yeah, everything looks really, really sleek and nice. Yeah. Uh, going into the second episode, we ended up with that final two of uh, A. Noel and Ariel, which uh, was a pretty fun showdown. Uh, Ariel was the one who started off the game. She was, a, she was a star in that episode. She was the weakest link in round one. Uh, I believe that she was like bombing the questions uh she was at one point uh she got a question about karma and she's like i'm not good at, astro- at astrology and jane yeah. was like please please don't say that to me and then she had like that mini war with rachel and rachel ended up losing because yes of, like, that uh the didn't go her way and like she would flip, like ariel would flip flop back and forth between being girl power and winning rachel out <laughs> so 
Mm-hmm. I have to admit that it was kind of a uh, sweet, sweet vengeance to see her come up into the end. <laughs> yeah. As, uh, I, I mean, I, I, of course, have to admit that my uh, stupid glee brain was very happy to see her Rachel on uh, on the on the group for the day. I was like, eh, I mean, we're not going to get much glee references on here. And uh, just because this girl's name is Rachel doesn't mean that's why she was cast. But I just thought it was funny. Um, yeah. Rachel versus Ariel in that in that uh, last round as they just started to randomly develop a feud. I was like, OK, uh, there, there's that, uh, especially when it didn't seem like she was the weakest link at the time. I don't think she was. Uh the person eliminated Rachel. The weakest link was uh, Ariel. So yeah, that makes sense. But people just kind of vote for whoever they want to vote for. It really there are so many rounds where you you'll be watching and the weakest link is like extremely obvious. Yeah. But they're like, oh, no, I'm gonna vote for somebody else. Yeah, because they're trying to drag them to the end because they know that they can beat them in the end. Which mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. If it's always the best strategy because, like we said before, people like to people like to front. People like to fake it. Which in this game, they uh, she Anoel definitely did that. Uh, Ariel did not get a single question right in that final round, and Anoel got all three questions correct to the point where uh, Ariel could not catch up, and uh, Anoel walked away with the fifty-one thousand dollars. So, props to her. What else happened in that game? Uh, we had Christian who went out early. He was taking up a ton of time. People were getting annoyed about that. I know, like you should on. never ever do that because sometimes you won't even be the the, the weakest link if you do that for one question, but that's that that is something that sticks out in people's minds is whoever, if you, you can, you can like survive not being the weakest link, but if you were the one that took too much time up or if you were the one that got a particularly easy question wrong, then that's all that people remember. They're like, okay, get him out of here. Cause that was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So never mm-hmm. take time up. Like if you don't know it and it's not coming to mind, like you, you have a maximum of like three seconds. If it's not coming to mind, you skip it. Yeah, there's been like a like maybe like two or three times that I remember in these first three episodes where somebody would get the question like, you know, they would either ask for a repeat or they would sit there and think about it for a few minutes, not a few minutes, a few seconds longer than you want them to. And then they would get it right. But I feel like the amount of times that that's going to happen versus, you know, what you would benefit from just saying like pass and like letting the the round move on and letting all the other players continue to, you know, work and make money. I feel like that's more worth it. I don't know if I would be looking at somebody and being like, oh, well, she did get it after a solid 20 seconds of thought and be like, that's the person I want to keep around. I mean, I guess, you know, well, we did see that happen a few times times where people have asked for the question to be repeated and i think that yeah. that's a little less obvious than taking up a lot of time because if you do get it in the end you continue the chain i think people are a little bit more forgiving so if you if if that's a strategy i think i'm sure that's a strategy that people use They're like oh i don't know the answer yet if she if i ask her to ask it again it gives me more time to think because sometimes they get it right but if you ask for the if you ask for it again and then you get it wrong it's like girl <laughs> 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 so like if you if you didn't yeah. if you honestly didn't hear the question obviously ask although I'm sure that you can hear her loud and clear because there's a speaker system in the, on the set but if you don't know the answer and then you ask again just skip don't 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 do that don't take that risk right uh, um, what else? We we had uh, some drama in the middle of episode two. Uh, Carlos was, I believe, Carlos was the Uber driver that I was uh, referencing earlier, or the Lyft driver, something something driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ended up, I believe, sending Aaron home on a tie. Carlos was the strongest link, and Aaron was in a tie with Ariel and. Uh, Carlos elected to send Aaron home. Uh, do you remember the confessional that came after that? Aaron was like. I thought he was about to like threaten the guy. I thought he was about to say something to, towards Carlos and be like, because didn't he say something like, "I'm expect like it, it was it's it felt like he was saying like meet me outside after this game ends." But I think what he was saying was like, "I'm expecting that he's gonna follow me right out the door." Right. So he's I like, "I'm gonna be waiting for him to order the Uber or something." Yeah. Yeah. And then Carlos ended up going like two rounds later and he was like, I'm not picking any of these people up. If they call me for a taxi or an Uber, then they're all going to be running late. Everybody is so catty. This is kind of annoying to like be in that game for so long and then you just walk home with nothing. Because this isn't like Big Brother or Survivor where you get a stipend. Like you were there for like one night. Maybe they pay for your hotel or something. Maybe. But like if you lose, that's it. (laughs) You're not... You're not mm-hmm. getting a stipend for one like thirty minutes of gameplay. Yeah, uh, uh, this this round this was a, a good game. Uh, the Rachel versus Ariel feud was a lot of fun. Ariel and the girl power uh, on that end of things was uh, was funny. Uh, you know, when it was convenient for her, she was deciding to uh, 
to run with that. And then, you know, she wanted Rachel out, ended up uh, her and Anoel then took out Carlos. And then, as as mentioned, they went on to that final round where Anoel took the win and took the $51,000. So I was happy to see that. I thought she was doing well. Uh, she, she was the strongest link in round one. And then she was the weakest link in round two and three. So who knows if there was any kind of strategy there to like, you know, try to play it down after such a good showing. Because, you know, they knew that she was capable from round one, even though she did poorly in rounds two and three. And then, you know, she ended up getting kept around the whole way through. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And I'm looking back at Angel. Angel was the strongest link in the, in that first game. He was the strongest link in round one and two. And then was neither the strongest nor the weakest the rest of the way through. So just laid right in the middle. Yeah, I think that's probably the way to play it is to be as strong as you can to contribute and then just go under the radar. Mm-hmm. And we were actually we were doing so well as, as far as that goes. Like the person who was the strongest link in the first round was uh, won both of those first two games, and then we go to over to episode three, and the strongest link in round one was Michelle, and Michelle was like a robbed queen. I was mad when Michelle went out in that game. Yeah, like I said, if you take too much time or you get a very easy question wrong, it's hard for people to stomach that because that was the the uh the moscow question and she knew obviously she knew that moscow was not a city but she just she had a brain fart and she just couldn't think of it and she knew that it was in russia so she was just like russia because she just wanted them to know i know it's in russia i just can't remember the name of the city (laughs) uh we uh that that the third game was uh was I don't know if it was the most fun. Um, actually, before we get too far away from that, we did have a question that I'm just remembering. Uh, Andrew asked us if uh, Queen Ariel from episode two, uh, well, not a question, says uh, she deserves a whole segment. So uh, I'm, I'm on board with that. I think she was the highlight of game two. Uh, game one, I'll give the MVP to Jay. Game two, I'll, I'll give it to uh, Ariel. But that's, uh, that's that. Weakest Link All-Stars. Yes. Uh, one day they'll have that. Uh, but episode three, we lost. Uh, what, what was her name? Uh, Shreya in round one, and mm-hmm. she was the she was the person who said, "I don't remember." I don't remember what the question the, was. She, but got she answered the, Dorothy. She got the Tom Hanks question wrong. Like you got so many clues. She asked you who was the Oscar award winning actor who played Walt Disney and a uh, a cowboy doll named Woody. <laughs> it was like it was just I couldn't take it. The Disney fan in me was just like, "How dare you!" I know. Well, luckily, Disney fans were able to uh, rejoice as she she ended up going first there. Uh, we then get to the uh, Tiffany was was also a highlight in uh, this entire episode. Uh, I specifically had texted you about Tiffany, and then of course she ends up going all the way to the end, uh, not winning the game. John ended up taking the win four to two at the end there, but Tiffany did come off very. Poorly, not poorly as like, you know, a person on the show, just as as far as the questions go, she was getting nothing right. Uh, There was a question that Jane was asking her, uh, what actor, blah, blah, blah. And her answer was airplane. (laughs) Yeah, what? Come on. Like, how do you not know that? Like, what actor is famous for saying I can't stand these motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking plane. Of course it's Samuel L. Jackson. You don't even have to see the movie to know that. I've never even seen snakes on the plane. And I knew that that was the answer because it's Samuel L. Jackson. He's the only one that says MF or like that. <laughs> so that was annoying. Yeah, but she didn't even pick an actor. She picked Airplane as her answer. I mean, I would say it is definitely better. Like if you didn't hear the question, whatever, it's better to say anything than not say anything at all. Just in case, if you you know say something, fine, go for it. Uh, if you don't want to, if you don't want to pass it. But it does create these moments like this where the question was what actor and you say airplane and uh, that's going to be your TV history for potentially the rest of your life. So um, that was a lot of fun. And then we also uh, Vincent's going to go out in that round. But that was the round where he got the question about the vowels A-E-I-O-U and sometimes what? And Vincent said you. (laughs) Oh, man, Vincent, that was just horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Tiffany got uh, uh, a question about curling, which do you care much about curling? I probably would have guessed curling, but looking at those, looking at that picture, I've never actually seen what curling looks like. But I think that I would have guessed it by mm. the uh, the shit that they had in their hands. But I wouldn't have known for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, see, that- I couldn't. I 
I couldn't tell you why a secret fact about me is that growing up, I lived for curling. I watched it every Olympics. Uh, I, for some reason, I was obsessed with it. Like whenever it was the time for the Olympics, well, isn't to come it similar around, to hockey? You know, every four years. In a way. Um, no, I mean it's both on ice. I'll give you that, but it's you know nowhere near any kind of similar game. Uh, you know, you uh, send the disc down, and but I mean uh, like and, uh, obviously just, the, the 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 game is different. But I mean like in the in the yeah in the sense that they're on ice and you're pushing something they're on ice down the ice, whether it's a puck or whatever the fuck you call those things. What do they call it? Curls. <laughs> I'm I'm such a big curling fan. I don't even know the exact name for it um, because I I haven't kept up with it at all as an adult. But like as a as a child, it fascinated me so much to just watch those uh, like events. Um, I don't know why I just was captivated by it. So I was uh, particularly offended when she called that chess. Yeah, that was ridiculous. The, the only question she got right in that round was uh, Tiffany got a question right where the answer was Tiffany. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess. I was so mm-hmm. surprised that she didn't get booted off, but she started right. kicking she into high gear at the end. Yeah, she was by far the weakest link uh, in that round. But Vincent, I guess, you know, was the weakest link in the first round. He didn't have the most impressive showing, especially with that AEIOU nonsense. And uh, he ended up going with a four to one to one to one vote uh, in that round. And Tiffany, who was the weakest link, voted for John in that round where I don't know where that came from. Um like, okay, um, we, we're not in, uh, you know, sometimes you get towards the later part of the game and the stronger links will start getting the votes, of course. That, that's the strategy we were talking about. But uh, John hadn't been that high up on the board yet, so I don't know where she was going with that, like throwing her vote or whatever. Yeah, he was but, flying under the radar, and then Jane called him out on it. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're here. When did you When did you arrive? I think that's really funny when she, uh, you know, calls out the cast, whether it's at the beginning of the game. Uh, she made that comment on one of the episodes. I was like, so this this is the eight we're going with. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It's like very cheap jokes. And it's like you're not offending anybody because, you know, it's just calling these people that are about to compete in trivia contests being like, these are the smartest people you could find to yeah. participate in today's game. It's very trivial jokes. It works for me. Um, what else happens? Uh, Prem was the one who's going to go next. He was out here trying to bank nothing. I remember uh, the uh, they got to him, and you know before he could even answer his question, he tried to bank money that was not there. So uh, not the sharpest tool remaining in the shed. There, he ended up getting three votes, uh, even though Tiffany was still an option. Tiffany, Tiffany got two votes in that round, and remember he was kicking himself because if he voted for Tiffany, then it would have been tied up, and he did not. Yeah, I felt bad for Prem there. I didn't want to see him go. This is a pretty diverse cast John, that I'm looking at it. Yeah. I thought uh I thought they did a pretty good job um all, all across the three episodes there. Uh strongest link in the fourth round ended up being Tiffany herself. Mm-hmm. And this is the round that Michelle's gonna go. She started kicking it into high gear. I don't know if it was really strategy. She implied that it was after Jane asked her if that was a strategy, but I don't know. Some of those questions were like I understand throwing a few questions, but some of those questions were just too easy for you to be like, yeah, that was the strategy the whole time. I was like, no, girl, you didn't know that shit. (laughs) And Jane was like going wild about it when Tiffany was the strongest link. She was like, she was like, ha 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 ho, everybody take a take a, a second to breathe this one in. Tiffany was the strongest link in that round. Yeah, I I wish that there was a live audience there to really, uh, you know. Like, so that there's a bit of a reaction because if all she has is yeah. the players there, and that can be kind of hard to continue to perform when there isn't a lot of laughs coming in. Mm-hmm. In a, in a darts tournament, what is seen on your screen is worth how many points? Evan was asked, and his answer: bullseye. Dumbass. How many points is the picture on your screen worth? Bullseye. Bullseye. Many points. And uh, as soon as she says no. Uh, what is it, 50 or whatever? Uh, he puts his hands in his head and was like, wow, uh, I really just said bullseye. So, yeah, that goes along with the whole uh, the, the whole thing I was saying earlier about airplane. Like, yeah, sometimes you should say a word, but also if you, like, thought about the question, uh, maybe you wouldn't have said bullseye. But Evan's not going to have great luck. He's going to be the next one out uh, in round five after three consecutive rounds of being the weakest link. And, uh, you know, it seemed uh, pretty close there. It was a two to one to one vote where John and uh, Eliana voted for Evan to go. Tiffany was trying to get Eliana out of there uh, and keep Evan around for the end. 
because I'm sure he would have been an easy beat at that point. But uh, no, Evan does not make it past uh, round five there as uh, Tiffany, Eliana and John make it to the final three. Uh, what else is happening? We have uh, Eliana is going to go next. And yeah, it was uh, down to Tiffany and John in the end. Nobody thought Tiffany would have made it there, but she did. And she got two questions right. Uh, but after I think she got her first two right, then John kept going and get, you know, he got four out of four questions correct. And Tiffany wasn't able to get her following two questions. And she was pretty, uh, pretty down about it. She wasn't feeling the greatest. Seemed like she was kicking herself. Yeah, I mean, you make it so far and then nothing. She winked at John when they made it to the final two. So it made me wonder if they had like pre-gamed a little bit and made an agreement not to vote for each other, which is why he was so shocked when she voted for him in that one round. Um, but he never returned to the favor. So I was like, what's going on here? Are they like trying, is she trying to make it seem like they're not together, but they are. And then she voted for Eliana in the round previously when she really didn't need to because Eliana was doing a good job. And then they both ended up voting for Eliana in the end. I don't, it was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tiffany uh, walks away from that, you know, with her final confessional saying, I'm not a hater. Haters are just undercover fans anyway. Yeah. Wise words from the star of the episode on her way out. Um, and wasn't it like Jane made a joke. I think it was this game at one point asking somebody like, uh, cause somebody like was doing bad in a round and Jane was like, Oh, did you hang out with Tiffany before the game or something? And the guy was like, no, but I might after <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> I was like, what is happening here? Um, so I don't know. That's, that's essentially it for these uh, episodes. Uh, one more time, just a reminder, we will, uh, we'll go a little deeper maybe into these episodes as we, uh, we continue on, but, uh, we just kind of wanted to get in here and talk briefly about our thoughts about the show, about Jane and uh, how she's doing so far hosting this thing. And, uh, you know, kind of briefly touch on these first three episodes. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. I'm definitely going to keep watching. It's such easy watching for me. Like this is like not a show, you know, by any means where you need to be like paying full attention, um, at all times, like, you know, listen out for uh, Jane's jokes along the way, and uh, and you'll have fun. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's I just love seeing how many questions I can get right alongside uh, the contestants. And some rounds I do pretty good. Some rounds I'm like, oh, I would have been the weakest link that time. <laughs> you just got to charm everybody and uh, get them to keep you. Uh, we had a question from Melissa at Melissa Blitz on Twitter who wanted to know, what do you think is the ideal strategy for voting people off the show? So we've kind of already touched on this a little bit, but put yourself in, in the shoes of one of these contestants. You are on there. Uh, like start with like round one and then kind of like working your way down the game. So round one, are you definitely voting off the weakest link? Right. I mean, that, that makes the most sense, right? You want to get rid of somebody who's not helping. Definitely. Get money? Definitely. Yeah. And so then round you, one, get rid of somebody good. I mean, not good. And then I think you kind of just have to like fall back and see what other people are I mean, you really can't because everybody gets their votes revealed at the same time. But I think that you'll get, like, a general vibe. If somebody, like I said, if somebody does, like, a really, really particularly bad mistake, odds are they're going to get voted out. But um, as long as you are maintaining your threat level and making making sure it's not too high, you can kind of, like, skate under the radar for a few rounds. And then towards the end, that's when you really want to start thinking about taking the shot at the people that are, uh, that are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for sure. And then once you get down to the end, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of tricky for me to figure out their strategies going down into that end game, because I don't know, it's like at that point you could kind of consider anybody remaining to be the stronger player. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at like the last game here we had that, uh, John was the strongest link in the round three. Eliana was the strongest link in round five. And then in round six, they decided to vote Eliana out. So I guess as she was kind of kind of showing uh but then she became the weakest link in round six so it's like i don't know if she uh was missing any questions on purpose by any means i, th I don't think that anybody's ever going to miss questions on purpose but uh maybe just like slow yourself down like try to give the appearance of you not being as strong and confident in the game as possible so it's definitely some strategy we'll keep tracking it as we go and uh, we may have a guest or two pop in along the way other people that are excited for the show to uh come talk about this all break it down spend a little bit of time these won't be you know the longest recaps by any means uh in your feeds for the day for the week but uh we'll have some fun watching this show as we move into uh the rest of what we have going on uh that we're working on for or post Glee cap coverage of uh, of everything that we talked about in that What's Next podcast. And uh, looking forward to all of that, but uh, glad we were able to get in here today and talk about all this. 
Yeah, super excited. I'm really excited for the show. Um, I didn't realize that it comes on twice a week at some time because it came on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Is that going to be a regular thing or? I don't know. Uh, probably depends on it's like the easiest show like I'm thinking back to uh, Jane Lynch uh, let's go with Sue Sylvester uh, in her Hurt Locker talking about you know we might have six or seven weeks left uh, depending on network preemptions I I can easily see it uh, being anyway but we'll see Um, before we get out of here I have three weakest link attempts for you you want to give me a slushy rating for my jokes sure Okay, ready? These are terrible, but I'm practicing, and we'll get real ones going in the future. Okay, ready? Okay. Who thinks Let's Have a Kiki is a song about Kiki Palmer? <laughs> Who thinks Defying Gravity is a song written for astronauts? Okay. Who thinks Single Ladies is just another name for the Too Young to Be Bitter Club? Uh, They're not that bad. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I don't regret putting that together in about 20 minutes before we got on this call. Maybe if you're a fan of Glee, they're not that bad. But to the average person, it's like... uh, That was the point, that we're on a Glee podcast. That's what they were for. I just feel like they're a little bit too on the nose. Like There needs to be a stark contrast between what you're talking about and what people think that it actually is. Because Defying Gravity being about astronauts, I mean, it could be about astronauts. Obviously, it's from Wicked, but it's not far enough away from what defying gravity could be you know what i mean like that this the contrast isn't there to make it funny (laughs) i think it was not that bad i think the single ladies is probably the best one the bar is low but i haven't written any so (laughs) i know i uh i didn't have this as a prepared segment i just uh i thought i could try to work it in in some cute clever way and that didn't happen so i just ended up here at the very end telling you my uh seemingly awful jokes we'll work on them if you guys have any uh suggestions write them in uh, or maybe dm them to uh to one of us so that we can surprise the other with it uh live on the show so that's that uh hope you enjoyed this recap of the weakest link Uh, We will uh, be back with more in your feeds in no time. Uh, But that's all that I have for today. That's not all I have for today. I remember checking a review last night. Let me pull that up for you. We got a review from a very lovely person. Uh, Kai Smoth wrote in uh, five stars. Easy listen. Hosts have very likable personalities. Well-organized show. Great recaps. So sweet, simple, love to see it. Thank you very much uh, to Kai Smooth uh, Smoth for that review. Always appreciated. Always, always appreciated uh, to help keeping us in uh, the relevant spots of uh, of that iTunes chart. So good stuff there. Yes, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure hearing from you guys. It warms my heart. Yes, that's all we have, right? I think so. Make sure that you're following us at Choir Room Pod on Twitter. Follow us individually. I'm Adam on Adwin. Matt's at Matt Ligori. Leave us star ratings and reviews. We'll read them a lot on the show, just like we did that one. And until next time, guys, I don't know what to say now, because this isn't necessarily a Glee podcast. I don't know. It's <laughs> still in the Glee universe. Right, goodbye. Good, well, no, <laughs> there we go. Right, Do that. Goodbye. goodbye. No, like, give me, give me a good one. I, w- I want a good one. You are the weakest link. Goodbye.